0: guys, we're going to get started here. It's good to see you guys. Be thankful and tell somebody what you're thankful for this morning. That is awesome. Well, hey, if I haven't met you, my name is Mitchell, and I'm the lead pastor here at Antioch, and glad you guys decided to come on this Sunday. I'm excited for it. Like Larry said, if you are brand new, welcome. We'd love to meet you right after this service in a little Next Steps area, so stop by. Let me shake your hand and say thanks for coming. Are you guys ready for the message today? Anybody got a Bible with them? If so, pull that out real quick. We're going to be looking at a lot of scripture this morning. But we are, um, yeah, I'm excited for today. It's going to be a great Sunday. Uh, We are in, I think this is week four now, of a series that we've titled, By My Spirit, Says the Lord. And this is a little one-liner taken from Zechariah 4, verse 6, where right before that line it says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And the whole premise of this series has been, if you want to or if I want to, we want to be a follower of Jesus. We want to be a genuine disciple of Jesus. The reality is we will not be effective in living a biblical life without the power and work of the Holy Spirit. This life of following Jesus is absolutely not a life of trying your best in your own power or your own might. It must be by the work and the overflow of the Holy Spirit in us. Anybody thankful that God gave us the Holy Spirit? Jesus literally said we looked at this week one, and I think it's John 16. He said, It is to your advantage. He's telling his disciples, the guys that he walked with closely for three and a half years, he's saying, It's to your advantage that I leave the earth. <laughs> Can you imagine being one of the twelve disciples here? And like you're walking and talking with God in the flesh, and he said, Hey, I'm gonna go away and you are never see me again in person, but it's better. <laughs> it's like, what? Well, he meant what he said. He, could, he was confined to one time and one place at w- in one moment, but the Holy Spirit, He is with us always. It's the Spirit of Christ, and uh, He's been here with us for 2,000 plus years, and He's um, at work in His church, and He's causing believers to come alive, and we need Him. So if we want to be an effective and actual genuine follower of Jesus, we need to become well acquainted with the, who the Holy Spirit is. What does He do? Uh, what's the fruit of the Holy Spirit? What are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? How do we walk with the Holy Spirit? So that's what this series has been all about. So week one. We talked just kind of an overview of who is he and what does he do? Looked at John 14, 15, 16, a little bit of 17. And then week two, which was Easter Sunday, we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit, specifically the power of the Spirit to overcome sin. When we are tempted to sin or choose unrighteousness, we need another power at work in us greater than our own. We need the power and the grace of God to overcome. Last week, we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And how many of you guys raised your hand if you were here last week? I know not everybody was, but would you please just raise your hand real quick? Raise it up, raise it up, raise it up. Okay, great. It's always helpful to know um, because most of these teachings are building off of each other. But last week, we talked about this phrase that we see multiple times in Scripture. It's in all four Gospels called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So it's clear throughout Scripture that if you are a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. He's at work in you. He's dwelling in you. But Scripture also talks about the power or the baptism of the Holy Spirit coming upon us to, for the work of ministry, to be a bold witness for him. So we talked a lot about that, gave you a little uh, scriptural overview of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And um, one testimony I was reading last week and a little bit again this week, and I'll give you a resource in just a second that has an article about this guy. But there's a guy named D.L. Moody. Anybody heard of D.L. Moody? Yeah, a few of you guys have. He was a, an evangelist, in a sense, and a uh, leader in the mid to late 1800s. There's a uh, Moody Bible College, or Moody Bible Institute is named after him, so any of you guys familiar with that. Um, anyways, um, he was just a, a a a passionate evangelist, and he was preaching the gospel, and people were responding but he, w- he was work- working really, really hard, but he was really tired and weary and exhausted. And at one point in his ministry, he was preaching um, probably multiple nights in a row, and there was these two ladies on the front row that just, they would, they would turn and they would pray. They would turn and they would pray. And after one of the services, he came down and talked to these ladies, because the ladies, I guess, called him over. And they said, Mr. Moody, we've been praying for you. And he's like, what? What are you praying for me about? He's like, we've been praying that you would experience the baptism of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And he um, asked a few more questions, um, and they said, we see that you are you know, faithful, diligent worker for the Lord, but you need the power of the Holy Spirit over your life to, in order to keep going. Now, thankfully, he didn't get really angry and frustrated and defend himself, but he was honest, and he knew that he was weary on the inside. He knew he was exhausted. He knew he was working really hard in his own power, and he needed the work and power of the Holy Spirit. And so what he did is he grabbed those ladies' hands, and he started praying with them. Fill me, Lord. I, if this is real, if this is from you, and he's familiar with the scriptures, then fill me and baptize me afresh in the Holy Spirit. And the story goes, I don't know how many days or weeks later, but he was continuing to talk with the Lord. Lord, fill me with this power from on high. I don't want to be working continually in my own strength doing your work. I want the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in my life. And then one random day, he was walking the streets of New York and talk, walking and talking with the Lord, and then the Lord just touched him, overwhelmed him and he was feeling the tangible presence of the Lord, and he was so strong, he had to go find a friend's house, went to a friend's house, like, can I borrow one of your rooms upstairs? He said yes. So he went up to this room for hours, just overwhelmed in a powerful sense with the presence of the Holy Spirit, just filling him with the love of God and touching him in a, in a tangible, powerful, memorable way. So anyways, his story is really, really helpful, and he came out of that, thankfully, with just such sound, clear doctrine, but an emphasis um, to Hey, we love Jesus, and we're going to walk with him, but we need to make sure we're contending for the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives as well. And he says that after that, he had a fresh fuel, a fresh faith, and he used to preach the gospel, and hundreds got saved. Then he started preaching the gospel, and thousands got saved. It's a really powerful testimony, so uh, there's a link to an article about this guy. But anyways, it's just a, a good kind of just another story again to stir us up in hunger for more of the Lord. It's all of us probably in this room, you've tasted and you've seen the Lord is good, but the reality is there's this phrase that's been going through my mind over and over again. There is still more. There is still more of Him. There is still an invitation from Him to say, come, come and keep drinking of my spirit because there is more that I have for you. So anyways, that was last week, baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then this morning we're going to be talking about the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues. So I mentioned it last week that oftentimes as you look throughout the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit comes in a powerful way, and there's multiple times it says, then all of a sudden they start speaking in tongues and prophesying. I mentioned last week that I was going to give some biblical clarity to those uh, topics, and so I'm going to be faithful to my word and preach that this morning. And then next week we're going to talk about the gift of prophecy as well. But why don't you turn to, uh, to the screen real quick. If you have a phone, you can pull that out. I really would love for you guys to take a screenshot. I think there's a QR code, possibly, yeah. Um, you can take a picture of that or type in that little um, website at the bottom. But this gives you, um, again, multiple resources that we've been, um, I've been making available to you guys throughout this series. But um, we added a few more about specifically this gift of tongues because I know there's a lot of questions about that. Uh, D.L. Moody's article is on there. And a couple other um, podcasts are on there as well to help you guys have a little bit more thorough understanding of this, um, this topic and the work of the Holy Spirit. All right, but last thing I'll do before we jump in here is um, just remind us of the ultimate, one of the ultimate goals of this series, because we've been taking, we're going to be taking six weeks, I guess, as we close out this semester, Follow all you college students, you only got a few more weeks left, you guys excited to be done with another semester college students, oh, our college students are up there, that's what they are, wave to our college students, there. what's up, y'all, hey, thanks for taking the balcony this morning, um, just don't, don't, don't fall over that railing over there, okay, now you get excited about Jesus, but just be careful, all right, um, so, what was I saying, oh, um, Six weeks. Oh, yeah. For, uh, talking about the Holy Spirit, you know, if we're going to do a six-week series talking about Him, then we, we must see more and more of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our life. You know, especially talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, gifts that He gives us. It's like we're going there because that's where Scripture goes. But at the end of the day, what we want more than anything is the fruit or the evidence of the Holy Spirit in our lives coming out of us more and more and more and more. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you guys were here last week, I told you a story about uh, asking my two boys, uh, hey, do you see any of the fruit of the Spirit in my life? And do you see uh, any area I need to grow in one of those things? They had a few things to say. Did anybody try? I, I encourage you to ask your children or your spouse or your roommates that question. Did anybody asked this week? Felt bold enough? All right. You did? Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, all right, all right, thank you, Melissa, for taking my word and actually doing something with it. Did you do that? Oh, my wife didn't do it either. All right, this week, write this down. At, write it down. Ask somebody close to you, "Hey, what fruit of the spirit do you see in my life, and what fruit of the spirit do I need to grow in?" Ask somebody. All right. It's a really helpful and humbling question, all right? And, and I'm, we're, if you're committed to this, if you don't care, then I guess don't ask. But I just if you do care and you want the fruit and the evidence of the Spirit in your life to be seen, then ask somebody. And resp- you better be careful how you respond, all right, because that will be evidence of what you need to grow in, probably. So anyways, so ask somebody that question. But that's what we're going for more and more and more um, as we are pursuing the things of the Holy Spirit. All right. But this morning we're going to talk about the gift of tongues, all right now what i realize is that this topic there's a little bit of stigma on it and so let me just address a couple things here so one let me talk about probably in a room this size about 150 or so people there's probably different categories of people in this room there's some of you when i talk about or say the gift of tongues some of you are like let's go (laughs) i've been waiting mitchell for you to talk about this gift because this is amazing i'm excited my background is like we're all for this let's go there's the let's go crowd and then there's the oh no crowd (laughs) There's the oh no crowd. Oh no, he's going there. Oh no, this church was so great <laughs> until this Sunday. I thought these people were normal. <laughs> okay, and then there's uh and, you know, there's fears, there's concerns, there's different things that I understand make you feel uncomfortable about it. But I would also say there's probably a third crowd in the middle where you're like, you know, you're not like woo! yeah let's go and then you're not over here but you're like you know what? I'd like I'd like to learn I'd like to learn I'm interested I'd like to hear what the Bible has to say about that and so there's a few of you that are in that category but here's what I want you to know is you're gonna be okay all right you're gonna be all right and uh, we're gonna look at a lot of scripture if you're a first time guest welcome uh we talk about things that are in the Bible tongues happen to be there and um especially when we're talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you, if you brought a first-time friend, you're probably more nervous than your friend. So I just want you to know, guys, hello, they've been coming to church here. It's going to be all right. We love Jesus. We love the Word of God, and we're going to go there. Um, and I've got a couple goals in my mind as I'm going to give this message. And one is I really would love our minds to be renewed as we think about this gift, this gift of tongues. I want, our, I want us to think biblically. About this, and I'm I'm concerned that there's a lot of unbiblical thinking in regards to this gift of tongues. I also number two want to stir hunger and desire in your heart for this gift, particularly for this gift of tongues. I want to see you guys wanting it, asking God for it, because you'll see today it's clearly from Him. And then third is I'm going to give a clear biblical overview and teaching on this gift. And because I feel like that a lot of times is lacking when we start talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit. We just need more teaching, understanding. Where is it in the Bible and how we apply this to our life, all right? And I'm literally going to probably show you almost every single verse in the Bible about tongues, all right? So get ready. Get your phone ready. You'll take some pictures of the screen. But first off, let me – I'm going to share my journey with this gift, okay? And I think it will be helpful for you guys to hear because some of you guys, you're like, you've only known me, you know, in this setting where you're all staring at me, all right? <laughs> so, and I got a microphone in my hand, okay? And it's just not how this whole thing started, this whole journey started with me, but this gift, of gift of tongues has been so incredibly helpful for my life. So strengthening. It has increased my hunger for the Lord, increased my intimacy with the Lord. It has affected me probably more than I would uh, say, and and I've just been convicted lately that I've underestimated the work of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and particularly this gift of tongues in my life. And if, man, if it has helped me and strengthened me, just like the Bible says it would, then I don't want to hold back because I'm nervous about what you might think. And some of you have heard different thoughts and teachings about this and that kind of creep you out and give you a little bit of fear or concern. But, man, my hope is the power of the Spirit would show up this morning, would overcome all those fears and cautions and worries, and that He would meet with you in a powerful way because this is a gift from Him. The Holy Spirit, if we're talking about Him, He comes in power, He convicts, He leads and guides us into all truth, He produces the fruit of the Spirit in us, but He also very clearly scripturally gives gifts. And if there are gifts that he wants to give us, then I want us to say, yes, Lord, whatever it is, we receive from you. And so let me talk about my journey a little bit. Um, I would say uh, when I got saved and started hearing a a little bit about um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I was probably in that middle crowd. I wasn't quite all the way over here. Oh, no, I was just kind of like curious what I'd like to learn about this. And um, I started reading the Bible that first year or so of of. Uh, Being a believer and I started reading the bible and I saw the gift in there Especially in the book of acts a little bit in first corinthians where we spent a lot of time this morning And I saw that it was good, but I was still pretty clueless about the application I was exposed to it a little bit. I think I told you guys this like week one or two The first time I was exposed to tongues. I was kind of like, I don't know what that guy just did. Maybe he sneezed I don't know what just happened um, but I was um Exposed a little bit and then there was a moment about a year or so after following the lord that I was in a setting where they called people forward to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues. And I came forward still with a lot of questions, and someone, you know, prayed for me. And I I don't know exactly what happened, but I think I left that um, experience with a lot of questions. And like, uh, maybe the Holy Spirit just worked in me. I didn't like, you know, fall over on the floor and nothing kind of erupted out of me. But there was something by faith. I was like, all right, Lord, this is from you. I'll, I'll take it, but I'm not quite sure what happened. And I uh, maybe got the gift of tongues that day. I don't really know. Um, but, and so what I did after that is I wrestled a lot with God in my times with Jesus for about, about a month. And I got to a point honestly where I just gave up. And I, I, I was like kept thinking this is this is stupid. I'm like saying random phrases while I'm praying to you, Lord. This is this is weird. I literally gave up. And I started this journey with a commitment. I want the real thing I want the real thing And as I've talked with a lot of you guys as we've been doing this series And I mean last week gosh I was so Encouraged Did you hear, if you were here last week You know what I'm talking about but there, I mean the whole Front was f- filled my wife Went to the bathroom and came back and couldn't get back to her seat Because all of you guys were here taking up all this space Worshipping God and crying out for the Holy Spirit to touch you in a powerful way and then it kept Going on I don't know for how long uh, but you Guys just there's the hunger that God is stirring In this room I'm so encouraged by And um, if your starting point is, I want the real thing, that is an amazing starting point, okay? Because there are there are mixed motives and intentions. You see it throughout Scripture. Acts 5 is a great example. Acts 8 is another example of folks that seeing the power of God but have mixed motives of just, "I want I want it for myself, or I want it for show, or I want it to prove something, or I want it so I get attention. You know, the Lord will expose all that, by the way. <laughs> He'll make it clear over time. But if you're starting... I want the real thing. That's a great starting point. However, let me, just, let me just also add, if unchecked, it actually could still get you off. And that's where I had gotten about a month or so after this journey is I, I let this desire for the real thing cause me to overthink way too much caused me to just, I don't want to try that because I don't know if it's real. I don't want to try that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to, you know, and I just overthought, overthought, overthought way too much. Let me fast forward the story. Um, I guess a few weeks after I quit, what's so cool is when we quit, God doesn't. <laughs> Isn't that great? Uh, so he wasn't done with me yet, apparently. And I was a couple weeks later, I was on the way back home from youth group one night. And just had a great night. I don't exactly know what happened that night. And I was just praying in my car. I still remember the kind of the area. I was maybe um, 45 seconds or so away from my house. And I was praying in my car, thanking God for the night. And then at the very end of my prayer, a "ba" came out of my mouth. Yes, I said it, "ba." And I paused my prayer for a second, and I was like, what was that? I literally like, was like, what, what was that? And I, God, wh- that's, that was weird. And so I moved on, and I just kept praying, thanking the Lord for um, the night. And then it happened again, unintentionally. At the end of my prayer, a ball came out. I was like, oh, okay, this is strange. What is this? I don't know how far removed from that, but I think it was about a week later, I was invited to a friend uh, of a friend's church. It was a small gathering. that had a worship night and a teaching. And I remember uh, this was kind of like the final straw moment. I was in this setting and the guy had preached the message and then he called at the end for people that have not yet experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit to come forward um, and to receive it and also receive the gift of tongues. Now, honestly, this was the perfect setting for me because there were so many things that offended me about this setting. (laughs) Like it just felt a little like forceful. Uh, there, (laughs) There was a fan blowing Kind of on the front, you know, so the wind of the spirit could just have his way um, <laughs> that I noticed. Um, I didn't know the people very well. And so a lot of times what helps me have trust is if I have relationship. It's like actually how most human interaction work. And so I didn't know these people at all. And so there's like, oh, can, I, can I trust you? And, I, you know, the people kind of weren't really like me. Um, they weren't like my kind of people. But you know what? God knows exactly the setting we need. Because past all of that, what happened that night, I cannot deny it was God. And it has affected me for decades. And so going back to that setting, he called people forward. And I was honestly in my mind, I, I did not come forward to receive prayer because of that kind of like last two-month journey of, I don't, I don't know, I think I have, maybe. And also because I didn't, I didn't know those people. I didn't want them praying over me. <laughs> honestly, that's probably what it was. So I didn't come forward. But then I guess the pastor assumed that if you didn't come forward to receive prayer, then you were all for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You're already speaking in tongues. And so he said, all right, everybody didn't come forward. You're now the ministry team and you're going to be praying over everybody to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues. And I was like, oh, no, gosh. And so he uh, called everybody else forward and I tried to stay back a little bit, but kind of enough where he didn't call me out. But anyways, we're um, at the front of this. Again, it's a smaller room, small group of people. And um, Anyways, I, there was like a, almost a circle of us praying over two or three or four folks, just praying for the Holy Spirit to touch them. And I uh, started just praying in English. And then towards the end of my prayer, my, my ba turned into a lot more things. And just I started speaking in tongues. And it started flowing. And it started going. And it went on and on and on. And at first, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm that guy. And also, also... I was thinking, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, it's just this weird feeling of like, oh, you know, like I don't want to fake this, but this something real is happening right now. And what I like to say is I, I could stop. I had enough self-control to stop, but I didn't want to because I was experiencing the presence of God so strongly and uniquely and in a fresh way that I just, I, this is from God. This is so weird. This is so out of my box, but this is God, and I was experiencing it. And that went on for a couple hours. I mean, the the meeting ended, but I'm like driving home with my friend, and I'm like, I don't want to stop. Something just happened to me tonight, and I'm talking to God in a different language. This is amazing. And it just went on and and just experienced God in a fresh way. Now, you want to know something funny about that story? I didn't wake up the next morning just with my hair crazy, my eyes bugged out, and I was now the crazy charismatic guy that pushed everybody over in worship, all right? I did not wake up that next day like that. Did you know that? I woke up, and I read the Bible. <laughs> you need to hear this. You need to hear this. I, read, I woke up, and I said, Lord, thank you. Whatever that was last night, I started talking to the Lord, and just worshiping, and just daily devotional life. Started hungering for more of the Lord, okay? I kept walking with him, I kept asking them questions. I kept searching scripture. You know, that moment didn't didn't absolutely change me to a crazy, like, change my personality. But what it did is it stirred a fire in my spirit that has not gone out since that day. (laughs) And, in fact, it's getting stronger, what I'm so encouraged by. So oftentimes (laughs) we feel like if God does something that's outside of our box, especially this one, especially tongues, then we're concerned that we're going to like totally turn into a really different person and go crazy off the rails, all right? Let me just let you know, all the disciples, all the apostles, they all had these powerful encounters with the Holy Spirit, including tongues, and they, inspired by the Spirit of God, these are the guys that wrote the Word of God, okay? And evidence of a true work of the Holy Spirit is that it's producing more of the fruit of the Spirit in your life and I can confidently say that that is what's been happening in me. And through even beyond just the gifts or the fruit of the Spirit increasing, more hunger for His word. More love for other people, more conviction, more repentance, more um, turning away from wickedness and sin, more awareness that God is always with me. Some of you are longing to know that God is with you 24-7, but you feel like you go in and out, in and out. I'm, I'm in right now. You know, I'm at church. I'm listening to God talk about the Holy Spirit. We're about to worship again. You feel, you feel in, but then a couple hours later, you're going to feel out. But some of you are longing, I want to walk with God 24-7. I want to experience his presence all the time with me. And those are the types of things that started to happen after I had this encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I believe that that is an opportunity and an invitation from the Lord to you guys as well. And again, I already mentioned this, but I've just been realizing lately that I've underestimated how crucial and helpful this gift of tongues has been in my journey of walking with the Lord. And um, I've like, held back in certain times um, from really encouraging people to pursue this, and I finally figured out why. Fear. Afraid of what you might think about me, afraid of all the opposition or persecution or whatever you want to call it that I've already received from this, or all the podcasts that I know that are out there, or all the things that you've been taught—like fear—that's what's been holding me back. And I'm just—I'm done. (laughs) Just this is a gift from God, and it is for you if you want it, and it will—it will build you up in the spirit. It will grow you. It will increase your hunger for the Lord. You'll have greater intimacy with Jesus. And if all those things are things that you want, then I would encourage you to ask for the gift of tongues. All right? And I just submit that to you. And I just want to also say that, you know, what, what are you afraid of? Because what I've been thinking about lately, and listen, guys, you need to hear this because we are, well, almost all of us are American. Okay? It, this, this, this gift is only weird to us. Because it goes against our social norms. It goes against the cultural coolness that is so ambiguous, but it's out there, of what's acceptable and what's not. There's about a, a billion or so believers worldwide that are evangelical, that are just committed to Scripture, okay? And you throw another billion of Catholic out there, but, but Protestant and, um, and Catholic, there's about a billion, but out of the billion um, evangelical. About 650 million are well acquainted with and all operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, including tongues. There's about 350 or so million that would be a little bit more conservative and say, no, it's not for me, or at least we're not practicing that. You know where most of those 350 million live? Yeah. And I just, I just, the reason I'm saying that is because, like, man, fear is a reason we wouldn't want to enter into this. And the fear is mainly not fear of you're going to get something bad from God or fear of something horrible happening to you. Because I think most of you understand that, like, you're not going to completely go off the rails if you start praying to God in a different language. Like, you have enough, like, self-control and restraint to, like, not go crazy. But what you're afraid of sometimes is what other people will think about you if you start doing that tongues thing, too. And, um... I just feel like as I've been going through this series, just thinking the Lord wants to break off fear in all of our life. Fear of what other people might think about you. Kind of This idol of self-image. And listen, we all struggle with it. So I'm not coming after any of you. I just told you this is the Lord revealed to me. This has been a struggle of mine. And I just feel like he wants to break that off of us. And he wants this to be a gift that is we see in Scripture, not the gift, but a gift we see that is good and it's from the Lord. And if you want it, you can have it. You don't have to be afraid of it. You don't have to be weirded out by it but it's something that's totally good, and if you're hungry for more of God, just eye my encouragement is ask him for it, because it'll bear good fruit in your life. And uh, he is so committed to helping us overcome the fear of what others might think about us. All right, let me just, let me pray that over us. Just the Lord would lift that fear, and, he would, and we're, then we're gonna dive into a bunch of scripture about this topic, uh, but let me just start there. So Father, here we are right now in your presence. Lord, there are so many layers to fear in our life, but Father, this morning, would you lift another layer off of us of the fear of what a fear of man or fear of what others think about us? Lord, we are followers of you, Jesus. We're not followers of uh, American culture. We're not followers of what's acceptable to the majority around us. We are followers of you, Jesus. And if there is something in your word that you say is good and a gift, then Lord, we want it. Stir hunger in us and get every obstacle of fear out of the way. I just pray, Spirit of God, have your way this morning. Do what you want to do in us. We want the real thing, Lord. And so have your way in us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, hopefully that was helpful and clear, just to share my heart a little bit with you guys. But let's dive into Scripture, okay? Because I don't want you just hearing my story and my testimony and my exhortation. I want us studying Scripture together, okay? And so if you look on this screen, um, there are lots of verses in the Bible about tongues. And I think literally this is Every single one. I might have missed one or two of them. Not quite sure. But go ahead and take a picture of that if you want. Um, But it's all over. There's a few prophecies in the Old Testament. There's a lot through the book of Acts and the Corinthians. Okay. And a couple more towards the end. Some more epistles. All right. So take a picture of that if you want it. And then what I want to do next is let me just show you a little kind of like title chart of what I want to show you here. And um, what I want to do is with those verses I just showed you, which of those verses describe tongues as something that's good and which one of those verses describe tongues as something that is bad or to watch out for. Okay, so let me fill in this chart real quick. Every single one of them in Word of God says the tongues is good. Look at that for a second. And I am intentional with this ridiculous chart is because some of you think, or I mean, let me say it, you feel like it, it needs to be over there a little bit or at least... A couple things about this need to be over there now here's my main point guys this gift is so good and wonderful and beautiful and so from God and what I would love to see happen this morning like I said earlier is renew our mind if there's anything in us that's afraid or thinking there's anything bad with this thing that the Lord breaks that off of us and he shows us that this is good and from him it's good now there's an uh, I'll say a third category There's about five or so passages that say there are some things to know about tongues. There's some things to not beware of, but be aware of in the way that we practice them, in the way that we don't exalt them over things. I'm going to break some of those things down, the way that this gift maybe has been misused in the past, which is usually probably one of the reasons why there's some hesitation or caution with this is because it has been misused. So there's a few verses that kind of give us, like, hey, here's some things to think about. But not even these say anything about this gift being bad. God only gives good gifts. Look at your neighbor and say, God gives good gifts. James 1.17 talks about that. Every good and perfect gift is from above, from the Father of heavenly lights. He gives it to us. Okay, Matthew seven eleven talks about how, man, we ask and we receive, and man, how much more is God going to give us good things to those that ask us? If we as human fathers know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more does God, our Father in Heaven, give good gifts to His children? Now, let me be as bold <laughs> to say this. I would even suggest that you and I need this gift. Let me, uh, let me break that down a little bit. Let me just... If tongues does what the Bible says it does, then I would say you need it. Some of the things it says it does, we'll look at in just a second, is it strengthens and builds up our spirit inside of us. Do any of you ever feel weak and weary sometimes? Me too. And if God's given us a gift to fill us with faith and fill us with strength in our spirit, then I know I need that. There There is... Guys, there is something stirring in our culture right now. There is something stirring in this generation right now, and I think all of us feel it. Uh, there's evil stirring in the earth. And, you know, we, I would say on the whole, at least we feel it here in America right now, is that we're kind of in this little kind of calm. Okay, But you guys remember 2020, 2021? There's a lot of, there's a lot of not calm. <laughs> okay? A lot of chaos a lot of offense, a lot of anger, a lot of bitterness, a lot of, no, this way, no, that way, a lot of division, a lot of strife, okay? Some of that has subsided a little bit. But there's just, there's still war going on. There's still hatred and evil going on. And and guess what? Uh, in less than a year and a half, there's another election going to happen. <laughs> I'm sure that will stir a few things. And I heard a, uh, I heard somebody say recently as a kind of a prophetic kind of word is like, hey, the the, the evil or the kind of demonically driven hatred, division, all that strife. It hasn't gone away in 2023. It's just regrouping. <laughs> and if there's thi- if it's true, it's not supposed to put fear in us, it's supposed to put awareness in us. If it's true that evil is stirring, which I just I just feel it, I sense it. I'm walking around, I pray walk and I was just back over there by the uh, Greenway the other day and walking around trying to have a peaceful prayer walk, but I hear <laughs> some interesting things happening in the wood and somebody woods over there. If you've been by the Greenway, you understand. It's like someone shouting really angrily, and I see this lady kind of walking with tears, and I'm like, I end up calling the police, I'm like, what's going on over here? Just there's certain things that are unusual that are happening that just I feel like evil is stirring. But here's the deal, guys. What I've been thinking about with that is if that's happening in the earth, man, how much more within the church. We need something stirring that's stronger and greater and more powerful than the evil that's stirring. And I'm seeing it. Yes, Last week was so encouraging. There was a fresh hunger in this room for more of God. And God is pouring out his spirit. There's been revivals on college campuses in the last few months that haven't happened in decades. There's been stirring of hunger, especially the younger generation, Gen Z. There's so much that's happening in this generation where it's like one that seems like it should be so far gone. But God is moving and he's pouring out his spirit. And I just, man, we need him. We need this stirring of the Holy Spirit inside these walls, in, in a sense, not to come back, because God's always stronger. He always wins. But we need to be walking in a greater power of the Holy Spirit than what we're seeing if evil is stirring on the outside of the church. We need it. We need all of his strength, all of his power, all of his gifts, anything that he wants to give us, we need it. And so I want to stir that hunger inside of us. And let me shift gears here and talk about a few, um, maybe debunk a couple uh, mysteries about this or lies about this or thoughts about this. Let me address a couple things in regards to the gift of tongues. All right. So number one is um, oftentimes I'll hear like, well, again, I want the real thing. And so I never want to force this gift. I never want to try to make it happen. I don't want to fake it till I make it. All right, And I would agree that that is a great starting point. You don't want to fake it. You don't want any sort of weird motives coming in just so you can fit into this crowd. Because, again, the very, the very thing that God comes against is like how we want to fit in with the world. We don't want to do the opposite and just try to, you know, jump in and fit in with the church. You know, it's like we want the real thing, and we don't want to force it. But with that comes other thoughts that the only way that this happens is if uncontrollably I'm taking over and then some other language comes out of my mouth. Okay, but the Bible says really clearly, and especially as we're going to look at in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul seems to really clearly suggest that, hey, actually you have control over your own spirit. Okay, it's called self-control. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and so he said, I can pray in my mind, but also I can pray with my spirit. I can sing with my mind. I can sing with my spirit. Okay, and he says a little verse about um, prophets have control over their own spirit. So they can speak up and share something they feel like is from God, and they can also have that same control to be quiet and let somebody else speak. Okay, and so we can control. It. It's just, it's funny with this gift of tongues how, how narrow we get with it. It's like, I'm not opening my mouth unless the Lord opens it for me, and then I'll see if i have that gift. But if we tried to apply that to any other gift, it would be funny. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I think I might have the gift of healing, but I'm not going to pray for anybody for healing. Because God's going to force me, you know, God's going to make it happen for me. Or I'm not going to practice the, I don't know if I have a gift of teaching, but I'm never going to teach a message unless the Lord just pulls me out of the crowd and grabs the mic from Mitchell's hand and just lets me, it's like, it's funny the way that we, if you would apply the same logic to what you think God will do with tongues to any other gift, it's, it's kind of laughable at times. Again, I want to, I want to encourage the desire in us for the real thing, but I also want you to know that the Lord is so gracious to walk with us and teach us things and teach us how to use different gifts, to teach us how to listen to God and try to hear something and pray that over somebody or prophecy. He wants to teach us how to have faith, to pray for the sick, and maybe the first one you pray for doesn't get healed, but maybe you keep going and somebody gets healed. It's like if it takes a 1,000 people praying for them to be healed until 1,001, someone gets healed, that sounds worth it to me for that one. <laughs> I'm like, that's amazing. But sometimes we just don't want to force it, and so we're afraid to, um, to practice certain things. Okay, let me show you this. There'll be a slide up here, the, just something I want to address. There's different types of tongues that we see in the Word of God. There's at least three. You might be able to throw up a four, but let me, these are the most clear. Um, but in Scripture, we see, and I gave you some references, three different types of tongues. There's one, there's the known Language or tongue and it's understood by other people. That's what happened in Acts 2 the day of Pentecost Holy Spirit came The 120 in the upper room started speaking in all these different languages and there were hearers that were there that heard in their own language Okay, nod your head if you're familiar with that story. Just read Acts chapter 2 if you're not. Okay, it's really clear Okay, the second one here is it's an unknown language or unknown like not an earthly language, but it's interpreted That's what it talks about several times in first Corinthians chapter 14 and in that one in particular, if especially if it's something corporate for the body of Christ, it needs to be interpreted. If someone gets up on a microphone and wants to go off in tongues and we're, while we're all listening to them, then that needs to be interpreted according to what 1 Corinthians 14 says. Okay. And now here's the deal. There's times where, like, you know, people do it and there's no interpretation, and so the Scripture doesn't say throw stones at that person. It just says, well, all right, I guess I wasn't inspired by the Lord. doesn't say kick him out of the church. You know, it's just... We're trying to learn um, how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. The third one here is it's um, a tongue or a language that's unknown to man, but it's known to God. 1 Corinthians 14.2 clearly talks about that. It's a a, a language or a way to commune and fellowship with the Lord as between you and him. No one else around you understands it. You don't understand it. The devil doesn't understand it, but God understands what you're saying. Let me share a quick testimony of that first one. Um, You guys know that that still happens today so encouraging. I heard this story um, recently. This was in fall of 2020. Uh, there's an Antioch church that's up there in Seattle, and um, there was a couple other Antioch churches that sent like a kind of a short-term trip up there to do some outreach in the fall of 2020, and a um, little backstory of what was happening there. Um, they would do a lot of, th- th- that church there in Seattle would do a lot of outreach to the homeless, to the poor, and through and giving away food, giving away little care packages and stuff, and one of the guys they met is a guy named Raven, and this guy, like, really was attracted to these Jesus people, okay? He's like, what is it about you guys that I like? And so he was attracted to them. He would show up to church sometimes. He would show up to life group. He would be around, but he was also clear enough that he didn't follow Jesus, didn't have a relationship with Jesus. I just like these Jesus people. It's something curious to me about you guys. Well, fast forward, at uh, fall of 2020, these two teams come and do some outreach, and they're having a worship time, worship experience, and Raven's there. And one of the girls from this um, – Uh, other Antioch church that was out there on mission, felt a bold prompting from the Lord to go talk to that guy and to pray over that guy, and she felt led to pray over him in tongues. So she kind of graciously went up and said, hey, this might sound strange, but I feel led to pray over you in tongues. So she did. She starts praying, and after she's done, Raven looks at her with, like, a crazy face like this. Like, how? And what he said was, how did you know my native language? A little backstory in him, he was Native American and he spoke Apache. And the lady, the girl I was praying, her prayer was in Apache. Did she know Apache? No. <laughs> and so, of course, the girl was like, What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> and this is just is amazing. God is so good. He said, You you were telling a story that's been in my tribe for hundreds of years about a father, a son, and a tree. And she had enough wisdom to say, Well, hey, God is Father. He sent his son Jesus to die on a tree so that you could be forgiven of your sin. And he gave his life to the Lord. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Crazy story. It just brings me to tears just thinking like, wow, God, why that way? But thank you. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? It's such a blessing, such a gift. And let me uh, share kind of number number three thing just to address is um, a common thought is, you know what, I've, I've searched the Lord, I've talked to God about this, I've searched scripture, I've asked God for this gift of tongues, but I just decided it's not for me. And you've made a lifelong decision at the age of 23 that this <laughs> gift is not for you. And here's the deal, there is, there is room, I'd say, scripturally, and I know the verses that you could make you conclude that this is not for you, or it's not for everybody, okay? But I would like to add something that it can be for anyone that wants it. And God is not one that withholds good things. He will love to give good things to you. And, and there's a difference a little bit between, you know, this gift of publicly speaking in another language and someone interpreting versus a private prayer language. There's some nuances to that. There's some differences of that. And so I would definitely agree that not everybody has the gift of speaking publicly in tongues so that it's interpreted. I don't think I have that gift. Okay, But I do pray in a private tongue between me and the Lord. But I just I think the question with that is how, willing, how, how long are you willing to ask or wait and ask the Lord for that gift? I heard an incredible story recently of a guy named Max Lucado. Some of you guys have heard his name before. He wrote these incredible children's books. One of them is You Are Special. Punchinello, anybody know that book? Yes, The Dots. Gosh, find that book. I don't care how old you are. I've got a little small version of it. It's a powerful book. Okay, he read all these children's books. But anyways, uh, he wrote a book on the Holy Spirit um, a, a few years back, and he shares this incredible experience he had with the Lord at 64 years of age where he had a lot of questions over the decades about this gift, was not operating in it, and had this incredible experience at 64 and received the gift of tongues. Isn't that great? He's like, he's like, it's wonderful. I lo- I've been loving God for so much, but this is just another level of just loving Jesus and expressing my worship, for him. this is so good hey, if you can get Max Lucado, he can get you, all right? <laughs> now, let me address a couple of common maybe abuses or misuses about the gift of tongues. Number one, exalting the gift of tongues above Jesus or above love, where this, it's like becomes the only thing that people want to talk about when you get around them, okay? And for the record, especially for those of you that are brand new, I have done, our church is about three and a half years old, and so I've done two teachings on this gift, all right? So what's three and a half times 52? That's how many Sundays and messages I've preached. So anyways, two out of 100, I don't know, somebody do that math. <laughs> a lot. It's like less than 1%. So just, just so you know, we don't talk about this every week. But what I would love is to make it normal so that we can feel free to talk about it when we have these different experiences. But we're never going to exalt it above Jesus, never going to exalt it above love. First Corinthians 13 is clear about that. Number two, kind of abuse or misuse is kind of wearing this gift as some sort of like spiritual badge that allows you to feel puffed up about your spirituality. That is obviously really not the heart of God. In 1 Corinthians 14, really Paul's hammering that. So, said, no, this is not how we do this. Another similar one is uh, looking down on those who don't operate in the, in the gift of tongues. That is also not in the heart of God. Or then a fourth one, which I think hits on almost the other end of the spectrum or the other end of the struggle is allowing this gift to bring division in the body of Christ. That is a misuse of this whole topic. Anyways, but I would like to say that just because something has been misused doesn't mean we th- should throw it all out. Okay? There's been a lot of teaching of the Bible that's been misused, but thankfully we still teach the Bible. You know what I'm saying? And so we don't want to throw it out just because it's been misuse. And honestly, I was thinking about this, wouldn't it be the devil to put a stumbling block in fear and caution over a gift that could be so helpful for us? Wouldn't it be the devil to bring to cause division and strife over something that is totally from the Lord and that's clearly builds us up and fills us with the power of the Holy Spirit? Wouldn't it be the enemy that wants to quench the fire and the passion of the Lord inside of us that can really grow through using these different gifts? But also, I'd like to say this, wouldn't it be God wouldn't it be God to give us something that takes such childlike faith to operate in? Wouldn't it be God to give us something that's mysterious, makes you feel a little or a lot silly, requires you to use faith more than your own reasoning? Wouldn't it be God to do something that causes us to have to humble ourselves and look foolish? Wouldn't it be God to do that to his, to his beloved children? I think so. There's scriptures that talk about how he takes the wisdomless world or the foolishness of the world to confound the wise. He takes the weak things of the world to confuse the strong. It would be God that in this culture, in America, someone with um, a microphone and, and influence and leadership embarrasses himself by saying, "Hey, go like this to God." Ba 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 ba. Wouldn't that be so ridiculous that God would do that? Wouldn't it be ridiculous for you to share a testimony of the Holy Spirit falling on you, and then he gives another language to your family? Wouldn't that be weird? <laughs> I know, you don't want to. Neither do I. So I haven't told them I speak in tongues. Anyways, uh, <laughs> but my mom listens to these uh, sermons sometimes, so now you know. Hi, Mom. Anyways, <laughs> I think they know, actually. They know I'm weird. But wouldn't it be God? And I just, I just want to encourage you with some of those thoughts. All right, let me keep going. i got several more things to say. and want to give us time to respond. So let's talk about kind of the uses of the benefits of tongues in Scripture. And before I break those five things down for you, um, I'd like for you to notice that in 1 Corinthians 14, i um, be flying through several verses here. Um, before he gives any instructions or as he's giving instructions, the main consensus of 1 Corinthians 14, which is the chapter that talks most about tongues, is, dude, get it. Want it. Desire it. Use it. Okay, first, first, uh, first Corinthians 14, 1, uh, he says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. I'm talking about prophecy next week. Verse 5, look what he says here. He says that first line, Now, I want you all to speak in tongues. Now, he's going to contrast that with prophecy, but hey, I want you to even more so to, to prophesy. because prophecy builds up the church. Tongues builds up the church when it's interpreted. But I still, that first, that w- that one line, it says, I want you all to speak in tongues. That's interesting They that said that. And keep going to verse 15. He says, uh, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. So he makes the conclusion himself, is I'm going to do both. I'm going to sing and pray in English. I'm going to sing and pray in the spirit or in tongues. Okay, and then in verse 18, he says, um, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. <laughs> Isn't that funny? He's like... This father to this church and he's like I got something really important I need to tell you I'm glad I speak in tongues more than you it's just (laughs) hilarious to me verse 39 really clearly you know in the conclusion of a lot of his thoughts he says hey earnestly desire to prophecy and do not forbid speaking in tongues so it's clear that the consensus on all these different things he's sharing is this is good it's from God don't forbid it okay use it want it desire it let me give you kind of some uses and benefits of uh, the gift of tongues real quick. So, number one, there's a slide that has, I think, all five of these things up here. Number one is it gives strength to your spirit. 1 Corinthians 14.4 says this, The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Like I said, I'm going to talk about prophecy next week, but I love that. It says the one who um, speaks in a tongue builds up himself. That's where you get edification, strength, and um, just power from the Holy Spirit inside of your spirit. And we all need that strength. We need the Holy Spirit's strength to resist temptation, to overcome disappointment, to shake off weariness, to get out of apathy. And one of the gifts that God's given us to walk in spiritual strength is the gift of tongues. It's not the only, but it's the most clear, at least scripturally. Okay, number two is it helps you pray. And I kind of asked this question earlier, but... Maybe I'm just going to ask it again. Have you guys ever run, when well, you're praying, have you ever run out of things to pray? Yes, after one minute. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> have you ever wondered why some people can pray for a long time? You ever wondered that? I have. What? You've been praying for 15 minutes straight? Why do you do that? Have you ever not known what to pray? Yes? Hey, the only answer to those questions is not praying pray in tongues, but it is an answer. <laughs> If you ever don't know what to pray, if you ever feel like you run out of things to pray, and if you want to pray longer than two minutes, then there is a gift that God's given us called the gift of tongues. Romans 8, 26 and 27 kind of addresses some of this, and then I'm going to share a funny story or testimony again. But it says this in Romans eight twenty-six and 27. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes with us, for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Isn't that great? You can pray in the Spirit over anything. Because look what it says at the very end. He prays in accordance to the will of God. There's been some things probably a lot of you guys have been praying about or praying for, and you don't know what else to pray. You don't know, you just hadn't seen the breakthrough yet. And so my encouragement is ask the Lord for this gift, and if you have it, or if he gives it to you soon, to pray still in English, like Paul concluded in 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to pray with my mind, but I'm also going to pray in the Spirit. But also add some prayers, just praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues over those certain things. A uh, fun testimony that I heard recently uh, is by um, uh, a pastor and leader who, um, he was a um, pastor at a church staff, and he was in his late 20s, and approaching 30 pretty soon, and he was struggling with this journey of who he was going to marry. And he had just recently ended a relationship of about two years, and was just frustrated, just knowing that that was not going to be his wife one day. And he was on this long journey of understanding the gifts of, uh, gift of the Spirit, specifically the gift of tongues. And so <laughs> what he decided to do one day in his office was pray about um, his future spouse but he said i've run out of things to pray i don't know what to do so i'm just going to set a timer and i'm going to pray in the spirit i'm going to pray in tongues for about 30 minutes over my future spouse i don't know what i'm praying but hopefully i'm praying according to the perfect will of god according to romans 8 so he prays for a long time in the spirit he finishes he needs to go to another meeting and he's driving to this other meeting and a friend calls him this friend loves the lord walks in the power and the fruit of the holy spirit just amazing guy and he says hey i've been thinking about you and he's like what I've been thinking about your future spouse. And I just want you to know the Lord, the Lord knows who it is, and she's coming soon. He's like, What? Hangs up. Two months later, he meets his spouse. So, all you singles, I know what you're gonna do after this meeting. <laughs> oh yeah. Lord, my heart has changed on this topic. Ba 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 up, Lord, <laughs> give me a spouse. Sha you know that's what you're gonna do. It's interesting the motivating factors to change your doctrine on something. It's, it's one story. It's not everybody's story, but I was like, that's hilarious. And, hey, you know what, singles, try it. Just try it. One thing, I, I um, hadn't mentioned this yet, but um, another kind of concern, I should have mentioned this earlier, another concern a lot of people have is, like, I don't want to f- overfocus on this. Like, I don't want this to become my main thing. And I talked about how we don't want to exalt this over Jesus, over his word, over love. Let me try to explain this to you, like, I'm not really concerned about any of you, like, hyper-focusing on this. Like, um, how do I say this? It's like you, hopefully a lot of you guys spend time with God on, on your own. You, you are building that close, intimate relationship with him, reading his word, worshiping, praying, talking to God. If you spend time this week asking God about this gift and even trying it sometimes— and I like, Lord, that I feel weird, but Lord, is there anything on this? And, and letting the Holy Spirit kind of speak through you, just opening your mouth. <clears throat> like, I'm not concerned that you're going to spend too much time on it. Again, that's like a fear. Like, I don't want this to be the only focus. Now, listen, if you, like, are spending literally um, 24-7 only thinking about this topic, you already spend six hours a day in God's presence, and you're spending five hours and 59 minutes t- thinking about tongues, and you got one minute of reading Scripture. Like, I would say, okay. Yeah, maybe don't do that. But that's not what any of you do. You also spend hours scrolling on your phone, watching Netflix, and doing other things. What I'm saying is replace that time with seeking God a little bit more about certain topics in his word. And you're not going to do too much. Is that making sense? So you don't need to be afraid about hyper-focusing on it. But let's keep going here. Number three, a time for your mind to be unfruitful. And this is... Really, actually helpful, and I'll try to explain this. But look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14 through 15. He says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Oh, sorry, that is not the right scripture. Sorry, I was in Romans 8 still. There we go. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 through 15. I was like, That's a good verse, but that's not what I thought I was about to be reading. Gosh. That is a great verse. Hey, I was talking about this, overcoming fear. Remember? Hey, Abba. Start with Abba if you're trying to practice this. I'm serious. What am I I doing? 14. Okay, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. A little phrase, his mind's unfruitful. Here's what I love about that. Especially in the West, we need our mind, our reasoning, our intellect to not always be in the driver's seat. You need to have moments. It's not wrong. We need to love the Lord of God with all of our mind as well. But it needs to not be the only driver. Your spirit needs to take over sometimes. Your spirit needs to be leading. This walk with the Lord is a walk of faith, and it is a walk by the Spirit and it's really good for us to make sure that we are not only letting our mind and intellectual understanding to be in the driver's seat. And it was so interesting about this, there's been like actual medical studies, and believe it or not, ABC News did a study a couple years ago on this gift of tongues, and like really, ABC News, they did this, and they brought in a pastor and some other lady that operated in this gift, and they kind of like Hooked up some things, and what they noticed is they would, like, be singing or be worshiping. They were in this room, and they were just told to worship and connect with God. But uh, every once in a while, i do it in tongues, <laughs> It was just hilarious. Way to go, ABC, I guess. Uh, uh, and in this, this document, you can look it up. And uh, what they noticed, the brain activity when they were praying in English, there was a lot of activity in the frontal lobe and the way they were thinking about what they were saying. But then when they would pray in the spirit, there was no activity there. But the words were coming out of their mouth, but there was no activity there. Look up that study. It's so intriguing. But it's just like this, okay, cool. It's good that our mind is unfruitful sometimes and the spirit is taken charge, taken over. Uh, let me keep going. Another use or benefit of tongues is it's a weapon in spiritual warfare. Many of you are familiar with Ephesians chapter 6. It talks a lot about putting on the armor of God and standing firm against the enemy. But then he kind of closes out that whole passage about these different pieces of the armor in verse 18. Why don't you put just verse 18 up there? It says this. To pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keeping alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. The enemy hates it when you use this gift. And oftentimes, it's st- when you're using it, you're standing firm. You're exalting God. You're worshiping Him, but you're standing firm against the schemes of the enemy. I remember over Thanksgiving break, um, our son Micah had the flu really, really bad. And we prayed for him for healing. We thought about, what, what do we do here? And I remember one night, it was super late, and he literally was coughing for like two hours straight without much break. And I just felt led by the Lord. I was like kneeling. God, what do I do? Am I about to take him to the ER or what am I going to do? And I felt invited by the Lord to just set a timer and pray in the spirit for about 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, I'm tired. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, but I did. Set so a timer, started praying back and forth in the spirit of my house. Micah was on the sofa right next to me coughing. But guess what happened? Over a couple minutes in, he kind of subsided a little bit. A few more minutes in, he was like it was dying down. And by the end of the 15 minutes, he was asleep and he was done like, yes, thank you, Lord. I don't know if it was spiritual warfare, but something changed. <laughs> something shifted, and there was breakthrough, and I'm so thankful. Now, last but not least, a use or a benefit of tongues is intimacy with God or just fresh worship. Okay, all of us long for this intimacy with God, and some of us kind of get to a roadblock of, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to pray. I don't know what other scriptures to memorize. But listen, we need to let the Holy Spirit have his way because when you operate in this gift, it is just another way to express your love, your gratitude, your thankfulness to the Lord. Acts um, 2.11 talks about how um, when people were interpreting and hearing this gift of tongues for the first time, they were hearing the mighty works of God. You're declaring the mighty works of God. Another verse in Acts 10.46 says something really similar. It says that they were extolling or exalting or lifting high the name of God. As they heard them speaking in tongues. And many times for me in worship, it just helps me connect with the Lord. And you know what? I think this, uh, gosh, there's probably a lot more like looseness around this than many of us might think. You know, it's like, oh, you can't, I don't know if you can do that, you can't do that tongue, you can't do that. You know, anytime that you are singing like a woe or an O, oh, or you know that song, Waves of Mercy. You know the bridge? No, nah, nah, I'm just saying. You might have got tricked in youth group. You were singing in tongues. I don't know. I'm just saying. You might have got tricked. <laughs> it's just, I'm, and I'm not saying, yeah, that guy wrote it in tongues. I'm just saying, like, there's probably a lot more freedom than we would give ourselves credit for in the way that you express your love to God and singing to him. You're going to remember that. Can we just can we play that? Jacob? Just kidding. All right. No, don't do that. All right. Band, come on up. So here's how we're going to close out. I um, just want to give us time to respond. I don't know what the Lord will do right now, but I, um, my hope is that it stirs hunger and it doesn't just stop here. Like throughout this week, if this is something that um, is intriguing to you, you've got a whole bunch of scriptures, almost everyone in the Bible about this, and this is something that you don't operate in um, or you've had some concerns about, I think good first step is talk to God yourself and read the scriptures. Because I don't want you walking out of here just basing your belief on this topic on what I say. I want you to read the Word of God yourself and see if this really is a good gift. Um, confident where you land, if you do it with a humble and genuine heart, but just do it, still do it yourself, especially if you're worded out by all these things I'm saying. Okay, but, um, but also if you do already operate in this gift, I want to encourage you to, to use it, to do it more, because sometimes some of us have had these great experiences, um, but then we kind of reserve it for just special worship settings or when you go to this conference or this thing. But I would encourage you to do it, do it consistently. And uh, do it often because it leads to strength and and upbuilding of your spirit. Uh, But this morning, if this is, again, this is something you really want and you're hungry for, then we want to pray over you this morning. And what that's going to look like is really similar to last week. If you want this, this is something that's already been stirring in you and you're not afraid. You're like, Lord, fill me, touch me, give me this gift. Then what I want you to do is just come on uh, forward, kind of make a line. There's a little line right here on uh, on the ground. You can just literally line up and just start worshiping God. And sing to him, and there will be a few of us that will come and just put a hand on their shoulder. And some of our leaders will do that and pray over you as well. Last thing I want to say, uh, just as a time of response, um, I just felt like to invite a few people into this, a, a specific need maybe that might be in this room this morning. Um, if you have been feeling, I guess I'll call it this, if you've been feeling some demonic oppression, you've been feeling something pretty heavy over your life lately, maybe attacking your thoughts or your minds, or you literally feel something like heavy and not good over you, then I just believe this morning that Jesus wants to set a few people free that might feel that. And if you do, some of our uh, leaders um, will make their way up to the front, um, maybe in that area. And if you're feeling like, man, I want something lifted off of me. I don't know what it is, but I feel like just attacked in my mind. I feel heavy, and it doesn't feel good then we want to pray over you and believe the Lord's going to lift um, that spirit of heaviness or whatever it is and fill you with his joy and his peace and his victory and his freedom, all right? So, again, if you want uh, the gift of tongues, then come forward, and we want to pray over you. If not, this is just crazy to you, then just stay where you are and read some of those scriptures. Um, Or if you need anything else for prayer, come up to some of our leaders, all right? Life people leaders you'll go kind of over there and over there. Uh, But let's stand. Let's do this. Let's respond to the Lord. All right, as soon as I um, start praying, if you want this, want to receive prayer, receive this gift, then you can just come forward. Um, But let's just respond to the Lord. Lord, we just... We want you, I just pray in Jesus' name, you remove every obstacle, every hindrance out of the way. Lord, I pray there would be a freedom and a deliverance from fear in this room. In the name of Jesus, any caution, any fear, any worry about receiving anything that's not from you, God, break it off of us in this room. Lord, we want the real thing. God, stir hunger in this room. Let fire fall in this room. God, burn us by your Holy Spirit in a fresh way in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray you would stir in us. A passion for your name that cannot be quenched. It cannot go out because of fear, because of the ways of this world. God, would you take the water level up in your church. Would you stir things up in your church, in this generation, in this time. God, you're preparing us. You're preparing us. And so, Lord, stir us up. Stir faith in this room. We need you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and fall on us. In Jesus' name. If you're down here in the front and want to receive this gift, just start worshiping, just start singing to him, start asking him in your own words. And I want to encourage you to be bold. If this is something you want, if God gives you anything, any sound, any noise, just start singing. Just start praying and go with it and see what the Lord will do. Let's worship, guys.